Okay, let's go ahead and open up our Bibles, please. It's the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians, chapter 6. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 4 here tonight. Galatians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. But again, out of, out of respect and honor to our Lord, because it is His holy word, let's pray and ask our Lord to bless it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know we've been praying a lot already, but Lord, we want everything to be soaked in prayer. And Lord Jesus, we speak, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will begin to give life to your word that will be read here tonight, Lord. Anoint it, Lord God. Let it minister to us. Let it do whatever work needs to be done in each and every one of us, Lord. Some of us need to be encouraged. Some of us need to be, Lord God, healed. Some of us need peace, Lord God. Some of us need to be corrected or rebuked, Lord God, or set straight. Whatever it is that we need here tonight, Lord, I pray that somehow, some way, you would minister to each and every one of us individually, personally, and intimately. We want to live, Lord, and not die. We want to go to heaven and not to hell. And so, Lord, we want to remain strong and faithful in these days that we're living in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, starting at verse 1, the Bible says this. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Now, chapter six so far has been focusing on two aspects of our human character. And this is true for every single one of us, no matter how long you've been serving the Lord, walking with the Lord as a Christian man or woman. All of us have these two things going on within us. For those of us who are Christians, we have the responsibility and constant challenge to walk and live our lives in obedience to the Holy Spirit, and in accordance with the law of love. Just out of curiosity, can anybody tell me, what is the law of love? When I make reference to the law of love, anybody want to take a guess? I know it's kind of scary. What is the law of love? Yes, Darlene. Very good, very good. Actually, two parts to it, but that's actually correct. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. As a matter of fact, it says this. Let's read it out of Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 40. And it says this. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is a great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So this is a law of love. But then you and I, as Christians, also have to deal with our flesh, which wants to be controlled by the law of self or the law of selfishness or the sinful nature. An example of this uh, with both characters in conflict with each other is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17. It says this, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor 
as yourself. That's the law of love. But then you have the law of selfishness. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So every single one of us, regardless of how cute or nice or holy or righteous we may look or seem, we have this conflict going on within us every single day. And then can anyone relate to my humanity? Anybody else in here? Can you say amen? This, con- this conflict is always going on 24-7. Another example of this, Galatians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. There's two conflicts, the Spirit and the flesh, or the self. Uh, Again, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So the Holy Spirit is challenging us to walk in the Spirit and not in our flesh. And we're going to look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 4 tonight. But let's set this up by looking at what we learned last week in Galatians chapter 6 verse 3. Galatians 6 3 says this, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty humbling scripture about us. Amen. And again, this goes back to the last verse of Galatians chapter 5 that we looked at previously. The last verse of Galatians chapter 5 before chapter 6 says this in verse 26. Let us not become conceited. You know, some of us look in the mirror and we think that we're all that. We got to remind ourselves that we are who we are because of the grace of God. Can you say amen? I mean, you got what you got because of God. You work where you work because of God. You're alive today because of God. Let's not forget that. That's why the Bible says, don't be getting all conceited, provoking one another, envying one another, thinking that you're better than anybody else. Be careful. Remember where you came from. I need to remember where I came from and what God has done for me. We need to remember what God has done for you. The Bible is once again warning us not to develop a haughty spirit or attitude towards those who are struggling or who have fallen or have failed in some way. Warning us not to look down on anyone, no matter who they are or what their condition or what their situation. Reminding us that we are all sinners and we all struggle and we all fall from time to time. And if we are saved, we are saved by God's grace and not because of our own righteousness. Romans 12 3 what does it say it says for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith in other words don't be getting too high-minded about yourself Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 through 5 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. We need to respect other people. Show respect to it. Even if they're living a lifestyle that's contrary, even if they're involved with stuff that's controversial, we still have to respect one another or show respect. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. 
in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Think about this. This is God. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. We need to be serving him. Instead, he lowered himself. He humbled himself to serve us. And he's still serving us. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So the Bible in verse 3 is reminding us and encouraging us to avoid judging one another. Instead, Galatians chapter 6 verse 4, which is our new text or verse for tonight, it tells us in this in Galatians 6 4, it says this, but let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. What does that mean? Well, let's read it out of the NIV, another translation. Galatians 6, 4 says this, each one should test his own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. In verse 4, the Holy Spirit is telling us to get our eyes off of everyone else and out of everyone else's business and what you think may be what they may be doing, and instead focus on ourselves, on our own life, on our own motives, on our own intentions, and on our own heart. In other words, avoid being critical of others. Avoid judging others. And instead, we need to look within ourselves and put ourselves in check. Did everyone hear what I just said? Stop wasting energy trying to find fault in everybody else, we need to spend our energy putting ourselves in check, making sure that we're doing okay with God. This reminds us of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. I'll read it out of the New King James, and then I'll read it again. In another version, it says this, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. Isn't it good that the Bible just tells it like it is? I mean, the Bible's just in our face, and God tells us straight to our face the way it is. Dude, you need to mind your own business. It says this, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. Don't go around gossiping and backbiting and being critical and being mean and harsh. And, and, and No, no, just, be, you know, be cool. To lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Man. Let's just stay busy, being busy, doing the best that we can for the Lord. Now, let me read this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, because it mirrors the message of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, okay? But I'm going to read a, a few more verses instead of just verse 11. I want to read it out of the NIV, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 9 through 11 out of the NIV. Listen to what it says and how it mirrors the message of Galatians. It says this. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. This is the law of love in operation. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands 
just as we told you. So again, we need to be careful about being prideful, conceited, self-righteous, putting others down. Let's not think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but instead do what we can to help each other out as much as we can and stay faithful to Christ and stay faithful to his word. Instead of looking at others, let's take time to look inwardly at ourselves and our own motives. In fact, some of us need to probably repent for being so harsh and mean and critical of one another, having anger in our hearts or envy in our hearts or jealousy in our hearts or envy in our hearts. We look at this person and we get we get an attitude with God. Why do they get that and why do they have that and why are they this, that? And how come Pastor Jerry only likes them and they don't like me and I don't understand and I'm jealous? And, and we get these attitudes and we got to go to God and we got to repent. We got to ask God, Lord, get my mind right. Help me to stop acting like this or, or, or feeling like this towards these people. Help me, Lord God, to walk in the law of love. Are we getting this tonight? Can you say amen, church? Are we getting it? Okay. When we start feeling these things, okay, which is part of our human nature, sinful nature, we need to go to God and we need, Holy Spirit, help me to get my mind right. You want me to love my brother and sister, not be critical and judgmental and get all angry and jealous and envious and, and frustrated and, and, and have an attitude against them? Let's leave that in the hands of God. Let's let God orchestrate all these things. Okay? Lamentations chapter 3 verse 40 says this. Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. We need to... Focus on keeping ourselves in check with with the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5 says this. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. These are the words of Jesus. He's the one that's saying this. Self-examination is very important. So important that God reminds us to do this on a regular basis. Every time we have communion, every month when we have communion here, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, it says this, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So next time we have communion, don't be looking at so-and-so over here and say, what? I can't believe they're having communion. They're doing this and they're doing that and they're living like this. And they're... Get your eyes off of that. Get your eyes on yourself. Get your eyes on yourself and put yourself in check. And you need to re- repent for even trying to compare yourself to anybody else. I have enough trouble keeping my own life straight. What am I doing trying to keep everybody else's life straight? Let's focus on getting ourselves right. Amen, church? That's what this scripture is telling us here or teaching us here. 
Okay? And, and um, in 2 Corinthians 13.5, it says this. 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. So please remember, no matter how badly your brother or sister may be stumbling or struggling, we need to always keep a proper perspective. Let's ask God to help us not to be so mean to each other, not to be so critical of each other. Let's move on to the next verse. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 5, it says this, for each one shall bear his own Load. It goes back to what I just said a little while ago. I have enough problems, enough trouble, enough stress, enough anxiety, just trying to keep my own life straight, trying to keep myself straight. Why spend the energy trying to keep you straight too? We have to be very careful about all this. You know what really, it really boils down to is this in the end. Each of us will have to take responsibility for our own life and actions. Speaking for myself as a pastor, I can only speak for myself. I do my best, and I try to help and encourage those who are struggling in one way or another. I try to help them see the importance of drawing close to our Lord in their moments of crisis, in their moments of hurt, in their moments of struggle, in their moments of difficulties and failure and pain. I may get a phone call. I may have a meeting with someone, and they're pouring out their heart, and they're struggling, and they're, and they're hurting, and they're going through a, a difficult thing, and I will try Try my best to the best of my ability to encourage them to start attending church as often as possible. Man, if you're struggling, if you're hurting, if you're going through a hard time, if things are bad, if things are chaotic, man, my counsel to you is get back into church and you need to become part of the furniture. Every time the doors are open, if you're really serious about getting help and getting right and getting yourself back on your feet, then you need every time the doors are open, you should be in that church worshiping, praising, hearing the word of God, being healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I explained to them that the more church they attend, the better. And when they do come to church, don't be ashamed or embarrassed to go to the altar and get more prayer. When we're wrestling with fleshly things, we need to humble ourselves and not become proud, not isolate. We need to go before the Lord. But what is so sad, what is so, now if they do it, that's great. If I see them in church and they're making that effort, and you know what? God is so faithful. Little by little, guess what? They begin to get lifted up and healed and encouraged, and things get back together again. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. However, the sad thing is, I have to admit that sometimes it is devastating personally, is how often the person chooses instead to ignore that counsel or that advice, and they try to figure things out on their own without God. Or something that doesn't involve God. They're hurting, they're struggling, they're desperate, but not enough to make that commitment to be consistent to church. And so after that meeting or after that counseling session, I don't see them. I got to be honest with you, it does hurt. It does discourage me because I know that they're hurting. I know that they should be there and they're not there. And it, it, it's very painful. And in all honesty, it breaks my heart. And in the end, I continue to pray, but I have to let it go. Why? Because we all have to bear our own load. I say, you know what, God, I'm going to keep praying, keep praying for them. But now they have to deal with it on their own. I'm going to deal with my load. They're going to have to deal with their load. 
and we've done the best that we can, and we just pray for each other, and we move forward. Each of us will have to take responsibility for our own actions and decisions and choices before God. Did you hear what I just said, church? We can do what we can to help and to encourage one another, but if the person does not want to submit themselves to the direction of the Holy Spirit, there's really nothing that we can do, and we're all going to be end up being responsible for ourselves in the end. In my often, I, of, I often meet with those who are very angry or bitter about something or struggling with unforgiveness, and uh, usually it's a couple or maybe it's a son and a daughter or a, a, a uh, uh, against their parents, okay? A lot of animosity, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And they want me, the bottom line is they want me to come down on someone really hard. The husband wants me to come down really hard on the wife. The wife wants me to come down really hard on the husband. And the, and the parents want me to come down really hard on the kids. And the kids want me to come down hard on the parents. And you know what? I don't end up coming down on anybody. And you know what happens? They all end up getting mad at me because I didn't get mad at somebody that they wanted me to get mad at. And so they turn all their anger that they had against that other person. Now all that anger is towards me because I didn't do what they wanted me to do. I mean, it's a fact and it's so sad. They get so mad, they take off. I'm not coming to this church no more. They get attitude. And of course, that's very, very sad for everyone Involved. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? For those of you that were here on Sunday morning, you heard the testimony of that young man, Giovanni. If you didn't, I would encourage you to go back on the internet. It's been recorded. You can go hear his testimony. Okay? You heard how he was physically dying. And unfortunately, the doctors were not able to do anything for him. Nothing. Okay? So when you're physically dying... And you go to the hospital and you go to the doctors and they take your blood, they take your urine and they take x-rays and they do all these CAT scans and all these heart scans and all this stuff, everything maxed out, all the machines that they know, all the technology that they know. And they say, we don't see anything wrong with you. We don't know what's wrong with you. We can't find out what's wrong with you, but you're dying. This young man, he was dying. And you heard how he and his family became so devastated that they just broke down and they began to literally and physically cry. Tears. They were crying. They had reached the end. They did not know what to do. Then they got a phone call from a sister in church. They humbled themselves. This whole family humbled themselves. And they let the sister from church pray for them. They experienced the supernatural healing power of God. And then after that, they have not missed one single church service or Bible study. They are completely surrendered and thankful to God for the miracle that they received. This young man, less than 30 years old, was dying, and God healed him supernaturally. You guys heard it, those of you that were here on Sunday. They are thankful to God because he heard their cry and healed them. Psalm 18, verses 4 through 6, the pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him. 
even to his ears. Listen, the best thing that you can do if you're struggling, if you're hurting, if you're going through a hard time, if things are challenging and difficult for you, if you don't know what to do, the best thing that you can do is to begin to cry out to God Almighty for help. Listen to what it says in Psalm 40. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust. A little while ago during the worship service, uh, Pastor Julie quoted uh, Psalm chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He's going to show you what to do, but you got to humble yourself. you got to surrender yourself. you got to cry out to God. you got to make him the priority of your heart. It says, blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. A simpler way of saying this is that we can only do so much for a person and do our best to lead them to Christ. And in the end, they will have to learn to carry their own load. And if they choose to cling to Jesus, they will be successful. Now, in this young man's case, Giovanni, he responded in a positive way. He's totally, that whole family is surrendered to God. They're grateful to God. Every service, they're there. But you know, I've seen it with my own eyes, where God will do a supernatural thing in a person's life, save them, pick them up out of a mess, and then they're gone. That's That's painful. That's a hurtful thing. Not, not only to me, but think about how it makes God feel. Some of us, we should be dead right now. And we're only alive because of the grace and mercy of God. I don't know about you. And this is just me. But man, if somebody does something for me that literally saves my life, you know what? I'm going to be loyal to that person for the rest of my life. That's just the way I think. I said, dude, I owe you my life. And my loyalty now is hardcore right there. It's never, that's it. And that's the way I feel about God. He saved my life. And so from that day that I realized that he saved my life and he saved me from going to hell, you know what? Hardcore, loyal to God. That's it. That's it. No matter what happens. I don't care what you do to me. I don't care what the world does to me. I don't care where I end up. My heart is going to be loyal to the Lord Almighty because I know what he has done for me. Maybe you don't realize it, but I know what God has done for me. And I know that I owe him everything. If we are wise, we will partner with Christ our Lord and carry our load with him. But in the end, we will all have to give an account of ourselves to Almighty God for what we've done, what the choices that we've made, the decisions that we made. Am I going to go to church today? Am I not going to go to church today? Am I going to follow God today? Am I not going to follow God today? Am I going to do my own thing or am I going to do God's thing? We're all going to be held accountable. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. But why do you judge your brother or why do you show 
your contempt for your brother. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15, and we're going to end with this. It says this, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as so as through fire. Church, the only thing that I can, I, I can do right now is encourage you to stay faithful to the Lord. Handle your business. Let God examine your own heart daily. Put yourself in check daily. Make sure that you're right with God daily. If you can help someone out, help them out. If they take your help, receive your help, praise God. If they don't, they're on their own. They got to carry their load. They're responsible for themselves. But you got to keep yourself in check and don't get all messed up because somebody else is all messed up. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We just come before you, Lord, and we ask you to help us as we live in this world that is filled with so much craziness, so much madness inside the church and outside the church. There's madness and chaos. And, Lord, it's so important that we keep our focus and that we keep our focus, our hearts, our minds on you. Because in the end, we're all going to be accountable for ourselves. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die tonight or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. Those of you watching online, if you're ready to surrender your life to God, the one that can take you to heaven, the one that will help you to live successfully in this life, if you're ready to make that decision, I want you to say this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. I've blown it. I've messed up. I've made a lot of mistakes. But tonight, I humble myself and I cry out to you, Lord, to save me, to forgive me. I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And I believe tonight that I am forgiven because of your blood. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want to encourage you. Those of you that are online, if you need a Bible, contact us. We'll get you a Bible. If you want us to give you a call and pray with you, we'll call you and pray with you. Those of you that are here, if you need someone to talk to or minister to you, we'll take time to do that too because God is here to help you, not to condemn you. Amen, church? The altar is open. Any of you that need any personal ministry, personal prayer, if you're sick in your body, you just need prayer for something that you're going through in your life, you feel free to make your way up to the altar. Otherwise, you're all dismissed. God bless all of you.